0: Welcome to episode 12 of the Sweet Spot on a Farm with Nick Mancuso, part 2. If you didn't catch the last episode of our podcast, this is the second part of my two part interview with Nick, in which we talk about the ketogenic diet. Before we continue with our keto discussion, I just need to correct some information I gave out the last time. You will no longer find our podcast recipes on Twitter. The reason being, I deleted the Sweet Spot Twitter account. I will not bore you with all the reasons as to why I decided to do it. So long story short, it didn't work for me and I wasn't really using it. So to start off with some positive news, the first part of this interview was the most popular episode on both SoundCloud and iTunes in the past two weeks, with the most plays in one week. It looks like you guys really love to hear about the keto diet, so I will not keep you any longer and let's get back to it why i'm so interested personally in keto diet is because i just can't the older i am the less my body is able to deal with carbohydrates and i am not a simple carb person for the past few years i you know i don't eat sugar i don't eat starchy vegetables i don't use any sweeteners the only ones i would personally use would be stevia or yacon syrup which are both diabetic friendly i'm a complex carbs kind of person though and I love my squashes my pumpkins you know my sweet potatoes yep. and um, depends but, the name the sweet spot well, on the farm absolutely. <laughs> you get that all down to and it. you know celeriacs and, and turnips <laughs> and all these kind of root vegetables they are not starchy but they yeah. are high in carbohydrates it's healthy carbohydrate but it's really yep. high in carbohydrates and the more older I get the more I find out that if I eat above certain level of of, like grammage of carbohydrates I feel really tired and bad so for example recently I had to actually cut out my buckwheats and my quinoa and my millet out of my diet because I started to feel really drained and tired and now when I keep my carbs sort of between 60 up to 100 grams I'm fine if I go above 100 grams depending on my calorie intake that day I can feel really drained so I realized that I need to keep my carbs at a reasonably low level. The switch has been happening over the years. Like we are talking five or six years ago, my macros would be 80% carbohydrate, which is absolutely appalling. I can't believe that I used to eat that <laughs> yeah. way. And um, so now I'm keeping it reasonably low carb, but what happened to it for about two days I, when I really tried, I thought, okay, I'm going to try and get into, into ketosis and do the five days and see how that goes. But after about three days, I had to give it up. Because I, I wasn't able to get below 55 grams of carbohydrates with the calorie intake that I'm trying to have in order to gain a bit of muscle. And um, after two days, when I kept it sort of at 55 grams and I felt really p- proud that I did it, Even after the two days, I I freaked out because I started to lose weight. Like, even in those two days, I suddenly realized that I could see ribs through my skin and it totally freaked me out. And I wonder, (laughs) is that individual thing that that happens to, to some people or is it something that is perfectly normal? That you suddenly, first you start dropping a lot of weight or is it something that somebody who's tiny as myself should really be worried about and just not do that?
1: Yeah, well in terms of getting into ketosis and adapting a ketogenic diet I think oftentimes weight isn't the best way to kind of measure you know what your body composition. Um, absolutely measuring you know the, the fat percentage is the best way and some people are really gonna lose weight You know fast when they start to adapt this because you really can then tap into your body's fat uh, percentage Um, but also a lot of the muscles in our body they're when they are full of glycogen they're full they're they're going to become look bigger you know oftentimes you know when i start to eat a lot more carbs the muscles will fill out a little bit and so when you start to deplete your your body of the amount of carbs that you normally have You may actually then kind of look a little bit, maybe smaller that way, but it's just because you've depleted those, those sources within, within the muscles themselves. So I think when it comes to measuring your body fat, um, you know, do it definitely not opposed to like the scale, but, uh, through either like fat calipers, get a professional and maybe a personal trainer or someone to to do that, or there's those pools where you can get into and they'll tell you your um, body fat per- percentage that way. If that's your goal, because of course the ketogenic diet for a lot of people, their goal is to lose a lot of um, body fat, and it can absolutely help with that. But you're you're never going to. I, you know, you're worried about your seeing your ribs and things like that you're never gonna burn through all your own stored fat through there. You have, you store a, a lot of fat um, in in the body without becoming sick because you have no fat to run off of or anything like that. So what you'll probably notice more than anything, or you should start to notice once you get keto adapted, is a mental clarity, a focus, a better sort of energy through that. As opposed to sort of just the, the body composition and uh, weight loss, muscle gain type of facts.
0: You make it sound so awesome. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I guess it's just a matter of trying to stick to it. But I can tell you right now that trying this on a plant-based diet, I find it extremely difficult. And I think for my own, for my own purposes... I think I'm going to just listen to my own body, but I can totally see how that can be beneficial. And especially after reading the keto Bible and any, anybody who's listening and who's interested in the keto diet, I can absolutely recommend reading the keto Bible because it's full of information that a is going to blow your mind and B is really, really essential to anybody who wants to switch and do the keto diet whether temporarily to reach whatever goals or whether longer term um, if it's for a condition but um, I have to say that I find uh, doing it via diet I find it very challenging I think that for me what would be more achievable would be the fasting and I think that's something we should actually tap into a little bit because the intermittent fasting it's not only a way in in terms of getting you into ketosis but fasting has many other benefits doesn't it
1: it does well first I want to say like yeah that i 100% agree that that book there the, the bible um like those those guys awesome and they're super accessible if uh, i don't know if you follow them on instagram or not but i would definitely recommend because they have so much amazing information on their own instagram um there's uh Dr. Jacob Wilson, he is the Muscle PhD, and Ryan Lowry himself is Ryan P. Lowry. Um, super positive guys. But anyways, yes, um, when it comes to intermittent fasting and uh, talking about that, um, there's many benefits to uh, fasting, not only just to rise your own body ketones and get yourself in an anti-inflammatory type state. But there is something pretty amazing that your body does when you start to fast. And this is a process called autophagy. And autophagy is when your body is looking for damaged cells and it starts to renew those cells into new healthy cells. So there's some amazing studies that have been done out of Harvard and I believe Oxford has done some as well that have found that a prolonged fast even has triggered off autophagy and it can reset your immune system completely. So when autophagy is triggered, um, cells that might become, um, you know, problematic uh, going forward, potentially even cancerous, uh, will then be renewed. So Uh, that's it's pretty fantastic
0: do you have to do a special type because there are different types of intermittent fasting aren't they to get into that do you need to keep a specific type of fasting or can you try different ways or do all the types of intermittent fasting have the same effect on the body
1: interestingly there are a lot of different fasts out there and listening to uh, one of my favorite people to listen to is a girl by the name of uh, Rhonda Patrick and she talks about this and I think she's really interested in finding out and this is a good question what is the minimal amount of fast that you can do to start to trigger autophagy uh, which is the process of redoing those cells um, and what they there's a lot of studies out there and there's some studies and I forget what uh, culture or group of people had done, a 30% restriction in their calories every day for like, I think it was like four years. They were really committed to this study and they were checking the markers to see if there was autophagy had set off. And they had found that, yes, like even at 30% caloric restriction for an extended period of time that their bodies had done uh, some of these uh, renewal type processes. When you do something like that, you're constantly going to be dissatisfied. You're going to be eating less food every single day. And, of course, eating is a pleasurable thing that we all like to do. And actually what happens is we end up eating too much and uh, cause problems since food has become so entirely convenient um tesco on almost every corner that you see so um but the alternative way of doing that is intermittent fasting and intermittent fasting is really going through small periods of time of caloric restriction without sustained so you can be constantly unhappy by having 30 percent all the time or you can have a period of time where you're not eating and then your body starts to renew itself and work on itself so there is different types of fast. There is what I do—a sixteen-eight fast, or there's something called a five-two fast as well. And a five-two fast was made popular by a guy by the name of uh, David Mosley, I believe it was. He did a BBC documentary. I think it was like something called like "Eat Fast and Live Longer" or uh, or something along those lines. And he um, he of course he talks about the longevity of doing fasting and the the anti-aging properties of doing fasting, but with the five-two fast itself you would eat your normal diet for five days out of the week. But for two days out of the week, you'd restrict your caloric intake to about one third of what you would normally eat. So for a lot of people, that's maybe between 400 to 600 calories in that day. Um, and those non, non sort of uh, eating days, essentially.
0: I can't remember. I actually do you know what program we are talking about. I can't remember the right title either, but I don't remember. Does it mean you have to do the two days Does it have to be two consecutive days or can it be spread during the week? So say you fast, I don't know, Tuesday and Friday. I
1: don't think it really matters. I'm not 100% sure on this. So don't quote me on this, but I don't believe that it matters. You can do those days back to back or you can do it, say, like a a Monday and a Thursday or something where there's a couple days between. Um, But even if you were to do, say, maybe one day a week of doing that, you're still getting some benefits. And some people even will maybe do a non-eating day. For maybe one day a month or one day a week it depends on yourself and what you get used to for me i've done a prolonged fast three times there now where i've done a three-day no no eating um fast where each time that i've done it it's become easier the first time that i did it, it was a lot harder and but what i found is that most of the time during this fast the difficult parts were just Because I was thinking about food, not because I was actually hungry, but because it was that time of day where I normally eat. Like when I get home from work, it's like, all right, what's for dinner? And because I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm not eating today because I'm fasting. Well, what do I do now? I'm bored. I normally eat, right? So, or times where, you know, when you are a bit maybe stressed, you just people comfort eat, And so we eat mostly not out of hunger, but out of habit. And what I noticed within myself is that the second time I did it, it became easier. And then the third time as well, I, you know, I really get a better relationship with my body in terms of when I'm hungry and when I'm not hungry.
0: That's one important thing, having a good relationship with your body and kind of learning to, to learn to listen to it. I actually find that when you start, I don't know what your experience is, but my experience with intermittent fasting is, and I did it in a very different way, I would do one day a week when I would only drink liquids, but I would feed my body important nutrients. So I would drink three times a day or four times a day, I would drink bone broth. Yeah. Um, and in between, I would drink a plenty of water, a lot of herbal teas, And in the morning, maybe I would have vegetable smoothie, like really, really dense with loads of nutrients, just nutrients packed vegetable smoothie. If I skipped it or if I didn't do it, um, my, my body would ask for it. I would feel that if I was going six or seven days eating the way I normally do, I would feel that my body would like, hey, I actually... I I don't feel like I want to eat. Let's just not eat today and let's fast. And that's really interesting. And it became easier and easier until my body was literally just dying for one day of break. And when I started looking into the keto diet and, and really decided, okay, now I seriously need to start putting some weight on. And I started a training program and I really needed to up my calorie intake because what I was eating simply wasn't enough to feel... Um, muscle building, I decided to maybe not fast for a few weeks because what I found is that when I got into the training and lowered my carb intake and uh, started to eat even more healthy fats than I already did, with my one day a week fasting, I just couldn't put on any weight. So I decided I won't do it. And for about three weeks, I didn't fast until my body just couldn't eat anymore. Mm -hmm. It literally was just like, no, I just refuse to. You're not going to put any food in me anymore because I've had enough. Just stop. So I had to do a fast day. And as soon as I did the fast day, it's like my body reset. And it was like, oh, yeah, I can eat now. And so I started doing it again. But I do find it difficult to put weight on that way, but I kind of, I feel like I need to do it because my body functions better and I feel that my organs function better. And, and yeah, it's I feel more clear in my head and I feel I have more energy. Yeah. But it really bothers me that when you do fast,
1: yeah. Yeah. I just
0: can't put any weight on no matter what I do. And it's really bothering me because I'm so bloody small. But I totally feel the benefits and it's really incredible how once you learn to listen to your body, how many benefits it actually has. Definitely. I I, I just, I'm still in kind of like this, I've just discovered, you know, the end of the rainbow. Yeah,
1: definitely. And what's really interesting is that there's, there are so many people that can benefit from a fasting day. Um, you know, a prolonged fast is pretty hard for a lot of people to, to do or to even, even consider doing so many people, you know, some of my patients have even that come in and I've told them you know, days that are fasted or, or, or am I doing a prolonged fast? And they're like, I couldn't do that. And they even give up before they even try. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the amazing thing is, and you know what, you've even talked about this, just even how you would use like bone broth and some of these things to help you out with these fasts is that with the, with It, the company I'm working with that makes these exogenous ketones, they are doing something pretty amazing. And I haven't even told you about this before, but they are doing what's called a Keto Reboot. And the Keto Reboot is a once-a-month thing where they will give you everything you need to help you do a fast, a prolonged fast. So this includes a bone broth that they have. Oh, wow. So they actually have a bone broth in two different types of flavors. What they would include in this package is also Keto Tea, which you mentioned that you also use a tea. Um, the bone broth um, you would have more in like the afternoon uh, as well as then exogenous ketones in the morning so you would kind of start you start your, your fast at night and I think what they what they recommend and you know what's even awesome about this is that they have like a Facebook group or something that they invite you in with all the coaches and all the, the people that can answer your questions and everything else from there. So you're not just trying to do this alone, it's actually more like a community thing where they have other people involved who are also doing this Keto Reboot. So um, you're able to get all the help that you want, including those questions that you might have. So you start with the tea, and they have a couple different types of teas. One's a, a caramel apple that I have to say is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of that because they also have a chocolate one. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I don't like the chocolate one as much. It is kind of like a hot chocolate, but I, I think the caramel apple is, is nice. A little bit sweeter than I thought these would be, but uh, but they're good. So And they also contain beta-hydroxybutyrate in it and a couple really cool um, ingredients to help you sleep better so there's something called 5-htp mm-hmm. which is really good um, and a calming amino acid called l-thentanine so l-thentanine is another ingredient made in this mixture and what's so cool about these mixtures as well is that they have what's called a synergistic formula to them so On their own, they're effective. You know, have L-thentanine on its own is good and 5-HTP and beta-hydroxybutyrate. But in combination together, it's like 1 plus 1 doesn't equal 2. It's like 1 plus 1 equals 4. It's like they actually equal more being together. So this tea is a fantastic way for people who suffer with sleep. What's also cool is anybody who is having high... high high, high carbohydrates before bed they usually struggle with sleep their body then is spiking the insulin and uh, especially something called IGF-1 which blocks you from getting into deep sleep so you know you probably even have uh, heard of you know people or maybe you've experienced yourself I know I have where maybe I've had maybe a little bit too much alcohol at night and maybe gone out on a Saturday. And, um, you go to sleep and you wake up kind of still, you may get like 10 hours sleep on that, that Saturday or that Sunday morning and you wake up and you're still tired. And it's because most of the time while you're sleeping, you're in that low level stage one, stage two sleep in that REM type sleep where you don't get into stage three and stage four sleep. So, uh, restricting your carbohydrates before bed, running off of beta hydroxybutyrate and these calming amino acids, help you to get into deeper sleep. So you're waking up a lot more refreshed and, and feeling way better. So all of these types of things that the Prove it does in terms of those ingredients and those supplements help people to do fasting, help people get better sleep, and um, and you just feel amazing. So that I'll, I'll get the dates for that. Maybe I'll give you to tell, put it on your, your Facebook page um, of when these keto reboot dates are. Like I said, it's once per month and it's usually about in the middle of the month. And you can get these keto packages. I have to double check the price to ship them over here, but they're fairly inexpensive. A lot less expensive than a box of, say, exogenous ketones, which can run for a, a box of the max versions about 140 quid. So,
0: Phew. Yes, and the reason
1: why, though, Susanna, is is it's not. Um, it's mostly because they're not here yet. So mm. you, I have to when I ship them over, I'm paying for the shipping cost, which is about 20 pounds per box. And then it's about taxes as well. There's about £20 in taxes. So the normal estimated cost would be, it's about 130 US dollars for a box, which is maybe about 95 or £100 pounds for a box US price. So that extra £40 pounds is really just bringing it over here than the How actual cost. How many process. of
0: those ketones sachets are in the box?
1: You get 20 in a box of the max version. It runs about yeah, so it runs about about six to seven pounds per day if you were to have it per day, or six mm-hmm. to seven pounds per sachet, which I have five in a, in a week, so I don't have one one up per day. So a box of twenty will last me a month. So for about a hundred and forty quid for a month supply of, of feeling great, it's good. But if you think about it on a different level, if you think about it, it's it's basically the cost of like a Burger King per day. So if you're having one less Burger King, you have an exogenous ketones. Some people who eat fast food every day, if they were to cut out one portion of this fast food per day, have a, a sachet of exogenous ketones, not only are they going to be having way better mental focus and clarity, but they're going to be losing a lot of excess body fat and really start to restore their health. What some people say when they actually start to take these is that their the cost of their grocery bill reduces significantly. So because of the cost of that, it makes it even a bit more affordable. So well,
0: actually, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> right. So my partner actually is trying out the keto diet. He tried it before for training purposes, shedding off the extra, the excess fats. Mm-hmm. And it, He just couldn't sustain it, couldn't do it. So now he's trying it again, and he's finding it much easier, although the first week he did have the keto flu you were talking about. Yes. But what he's still kind of waiting for is when is he going to stop craving food? Because we feel, and because I lowered my carb intake as well, so we feel like we're constantly eating, and we're only eating three times a day. But what we're finding with eating high-fat diet is that we're constantly making food and we eat so much that now we it's not enough anymore to actually go shopping for fresh food twice a week, we're in the bloody grocery stores like every other day looking for organic vegetables and constantly eating. And my partner's just like, you know, this keto diet it really isn't working because I'm constantly hungry. That's really strange
1: because I think that's almost like the outlier or the opposite effect of what most people experience. If, if I you, know. If you listen to other people that share their experiences, what's interesting about beta-hydroxybutyrate that you'll make, when you, which is a ketone body, of course is it It actually is meant to inhibit your leptin and your ghrelin, your hunger hormones. It's meant to actually stop them from being hungry. So... I am not sure what's going on with you and your partner at the moment. (laughs) They
0: should seriously do some research on him because he's been doing this. He's been probably in... I don't think he measures his ketosis every day. And sometimes I think maybe he kind of gets out of it and then needs to get back to it again. But mostly like he's really, really good. And I keep watching what he's eating and it's primarily fat. But he's been doing it for now maybe a month. Yeah. And it's... It's... Yeah... It's just, yeah, no, yeah, there's constantly food being eaten he and fridge seems empty all the time. And maybe
1: he's just loving, loving the, the eating that way, that he wants <laughs> to keep eating that way. Because <laughs> even in when you look at the, the macronutrient ratios of uh, fat, protein, carbs, when you have one gram of, of, of carbs, you're getting, a, or even protein, for example, you get about four calories out of that gram. But one gram of fat is going to equal about nine calories in there. So you're actually should almost be more full uh, when you're having higher fat. You shouldn't actually need to eat as much. So, for example, even yesterday I made uh, an amazing, delicious keto-friendly pizza. Sometimes people call it fathead pizzas, but I made it out of uh, coconut flour, a bit of cream cheese, a bit of matzo cheese, and... Um, and it wasn't a bit that big, it was less than the size of a plate, which, you know, when you order, like, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Four Star, any of these places, you, you can eat, like, a massive... Like, I know, I can, I can almost eat, you know, the Little Wing that's local here. Um, they have the two-foot pizza. And, and I actually got challenged once to be able to, to eat that whole pizza. And I basically could eat, I just didn't eat all the crust. So I almost ate the whole two-foot pizza to myself. But this little pizza that I made, the size of a plate like half of it filled me up. You know, I didn't need to even eat all that because that fat was so, so much more dense in calories than, than carbs.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's like a protein fat ratio issue. I have no idea, but it's it honestly, it feels like we're constantly cooking. But what I actually find, I used to, and still try to eat mainly raw foods. So my diet would be about 80% raw and 20% cooked. But in order to get a bit more variety of what I'm eating, trying to get closer to the keto diet, I feel that I eat more cooked foods and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Because when you're eating cooked foods, your body is using more digestive enzymes and now I'm starting to feel... I actually had to um, go on digestive enzyme supplement again because my digestion starts to go. And it's only because I have a um, history of, um, of bowel condition. But I do not like the fact that I'm eating now more cooked foods than I used to before. So I'm kind of trying to figure out how to introduce more raw foods again. And it's you know salads are not very calorie dense. They're they're great to get the enzymes in the body. So I started getting into making all these really high fat treats. Mm -hmm. Talking of which, actually, oh, big fat bombs. But actually, talking, I brought you something. Actually, did you? No way. Yeah, serious. This is actually um, two of those are creamy chocolate squares. They're actually out of my cookbook, which I normally bring to people who go on my podcast. Yeah. Uh, I didn't bring a book because I thought, you know, there's a lot of sweet potatoes and it might not be in line with your diet, but I'm bringing it to you next time anyway. These creamy chocolate squares, they should be in line with your keto because they are high fat and protein primarily. They're low carb. And these are, it's the chocolate fudge that my partner actually made. That's from the keto Bible, but we went more... Vegan approach. So whilst he's he's not plant based as I am, the only animal protein that's in it is his whey protein powder. Mm-hmm. But everything else is wow, plant based. And another thing oh. I'd you.
1: No way! Like you're giving me all these gifts thank as you. a
0: thank you. <laughs> is this is something I can't live without. I don't know if you like it or not, but if you ever make vegetable smoothies, this is amazing thing to put in wow. them. So it's a fermented ginger. Wow. And you were talking about turmeric. Yeah. So there's it's in turmeric and lemon juice. It's um it's actually a recipe I I um, I took from the Gotchard Club cookbook. Yeah. She's all about fermenting. She's the fermented totally. queen. And. This is I think this is one of the best recipes she has in the book. And wow. I've started making it a few months ago when I tasted it at Barbara Favish's house. Yeah. And now I can't get enough of it. I feel that you need to kind of make up for eating all this cooked high-fat food. Definitely. To give something good, raw and full of good bacteria to your body. So this is a fantastic thing to put in your smoothies or in your if you ever make like curry or yeah. even your I would throw it into your pizza <laughs> Yeah,
1: definitely. You know, uh, a nice curry with like uh, cauliflower rice would be something that oh, would be perfect. Yeah. But you touched upon something that is, is awesome. And I think it would be cool to talk about just briefly anyways, because it's something I talk about with my patients all the time. And uh, the gut microbiome and the good bacteria in your gut and how important that is to your overall health. And especially for anybody who has... Uh, bowel conditions, um, you know, such as ulcerative colitis, and getting good bacteria in your body. I once heard a quote that had said something like, the human body is really just the adaptation vehicle um, for microbials, which means uh, that we are basically just the vessel for these microbes to live. You are actually, and you already probably know this, 10 times more bacteria than you are human. And keeping these bacteria healthy is so important to our everyday health and life. And fermentable fibers, like what you've just given me, is, is like the best gift ever. Because I actually talk about probiotics and prebiotics. And this is more a prebiotic which is um, something your good bacteria eat, uh, you know, like garlic and onions and uh, kimchi, kombucha, dandelion root are all amazing prebiotics. My gut's going to be super happy that you gave this. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> yes. I really oh, appreciate it. You're
0: welcome. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting, actually, the, the, the vehicle quote you were saying, because I, I think it was actually Danny O'Rourke who said, who compared the human body to a bus. He just said, we're just a bus for all these bacteria to run. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And yeah, yeah. Most
1: live in our digestive system and taking care of the digestive system is... So vital to the overall health uh, of our body.
0: And I think it was in a chapter that I read today because I, I, when I read the Keto Bible, Mm -hmm. I don't read it, um, you know, chapter by chapter. Mm -hmm. I kind of flick through it, and which chapter I feel like reading. I'm really interested that particular day, I would go through that. But today I went back to the beginning, and there is a chapter that talks about the importance of eating healthy food whilst adapting to ketogenic diet, and, and mm-hmm. I can see how that can be an issue. So for, for someone who is want, wanting to go and try ke- yeah. keto diet, for whatever reason, they might think, okay, so I'll just eat a lot of steak, and a lot of bacon, mm-hmm. and a lot of eggs, and you know I'll eat all this fat and I'm going to be really healthy but it's actually not as simple as that is it?
1: Yeah sometimes you want to get the right electrolytes into the body as well and this is going to be important for the functioning of, of many things also so a lot of people who adapt the keto diet um, will have bone broth, like we mentioned previously. Uh, but also, uh, sometimes even supplementing with a bit of magnesium can be can be beneficial. I say that you certainly can have other healthy foods, especially your berry type sources are. Uh, you know, they're not going to bounce you out of ketosis too much unless you have way too much. Um, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of blueberries for the antioxidant effects. And there's something really cool that I've come across recently as well. And we talked already kind of about fasting and the importance of fasting. But I've come across something that is called caloric restriction mimetics. And what this is all about is having foods that will trigger autophagy just like you were restricting your food without having to fast without having to eat you know there's a popular term kind of getting out there called biohacking it's kind of like biohacking a little bit where you can have foods that will do this and some of the foods for example are plant-based foods because there is um, there's a compound in the skin of a lot of plants called reviratrol. and what this compound does is it protects those plants from a lot of damage so certain types of plants like grapes for example it's in the skin of grapes it's in um, you know of course blueberries mulberries and even then a glass of red wine can have some beneficial effects to triggering off you know autophagy and having the same effects of caloric restrictions even if you're a keto diet having a bit of blueberries which would be traditionally almost anti-keto because of the you know the, the fructose uh, the plant-based sugar in it uh, would still be beneficial to help support a healthy lifestyle
0: It's a switch that needs to happen in the head. It's almost like keto fat, keto fat. But you still need all the fiber and you still need all the vitamins and minerals. And obviously, the best way to get this to your body is, I think, is via food rather than having to take a lot of supplements.
1: Yeah, you know, so no, but even a lot of these above ground vegetables you include into the keto diet, you know, I, I definitely think that. You know your green leafy vegetables um, and your your flowery type of vegetables like your cauliflower or your broccoli um, you're gonna get a lot of excellent nutrients out of those so those would be important to include in a ketogenic diet I think you generally want to avoid too many below ground grown vegetables if you were to adapt the keto diet like those starchy type um, you know potatoes. Um, sweet potatoes aren't too bad but they, they could potentially bounce you out of ketosis uh, if you have too many but um, I, w- I would say add those other healthy vegetables for sure.
0: So that's the diet sorted. Right? Now we got a couple of questions through from our listeners mm-hmm. and one's actually from my partner whose personal experience from his first Attempt. His major concern was caffeine. So his experience was that with trying out the keto the first time and drinking, being a big coffee drinker, he had headaches and okay. he just didn't feel right and he felt that it might have something to do with the caffeine now he's reading up on how caffeine actually has really good benefits mm-hmm. on keto diet what is it about caffeine and keto yes or no how does it does it work just for some people and for others not or I wonder what, what
1: the the combination with him, why he was getting headaches potentially with the caffeine and the keto because the two I would say yes they go hand in hand pretty effectively Um, caffeine itself is, it's an interesting molecule. Of course, it's a stimulant and what it's going to do is it's going to block off your kind of restful hormones, your adenosine and... Um, it will mostly promote um, actually a lot of dopamine to be produced, which is, makes you feel good as well. But it also, there's a lot, lot of emerging studies that suggesting that having caffeine in your diet is actually going to boost your body's natural ketone levels, which of course, like I said, goes hand in hand. There was a study done, uh, it was only of 10, 10 people, but they had found that if they their their caffeine amount by... Uh, or if they started their morning with caffeine, I think it was 2.5 milligrams of caffeine in the morning, their ketone levels increased by 88%, which is pretty high. And then there was another one with uh, 5.0 milligrams, then it's per kilo that they weigh of caffeine. Their ketone levels increased by 116%. What's also pretty interesting is that even with the exogenous ketones as a supplement, they come in both caffeinated and uncaffeinated versions. So people who normally like caffeine and they maybe... Uh, want a bit within the caffeine you can absolutely get a charged version is what it's called or a caffeine free now of course for any kids that's going to maybe try exogenous ketones for example they're going to go a caffeine free version um, for but adults um, the the caffeine is is better but caffeine has so many other benefits within the, the health in combination even with the keto diet of course when you adapt a little bit more of a keto diet you are having Better blood sugar levels. Caffeine has also been linked to a decreased risk in diabetes. There was a meta-analysis study of 26 studies, and that included over a million people, and they found that uh, with the caffeine intake, I think it was maybe, I think if it was two cups of coffee or something per day, had reduced the risk of diabetes by 12%. So, um, caffeine, the ketogenic diet, seemed to work really well, and actually. It can help you to produce more ketones if you're even adapting something like uh, fat coffee. Have you heard of fat coffee or butter coffee? There's a guy who really kind of made this pretty popular. Well, by Bulletproof? Bulletproof yes. coffee. Yes, by David Asprey. Yeah. So David Aspe, he he's a, he's an interesting guy to listen to. And Bulletproof coffee is, um, I to be honest, I haven't tried Bulletproof coffee. So I can't speak too much on how, how it affects and how it felt for me but I know that uh, the high fats in it will convert to ketone bodies. You can make you know, bulletproof type coffee by putting butter in it, or as well as with, um, with Improve It that I'm working with, they have a coffee creamer called Keto Cream. And this, uh, their newest version of that includes it's a coconut shortening powder uh, with also collagen types, and a really cool ingredient called AC11. And AC11 is from a rainforest plant or herb called Cat's Claw. And this has DNA sort of protection type effects. Yeah, you can absolutely have coffee and have, you can even put medium-chain triglyceride oil or MCT oil in the coffee. And it's uh, it's like brain rocket fuel. So. Yeah,
0: that's actually what Stephen uses. So he would drink in the morning, he would drink coffee, and then he would drink coffee with his dinner as well. And he would put MCT oil in it or coconut oil. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, whatever we yeah. have. Caffeine is dehydrating. And I wonder mm-hmm. whether maybe he didn't, wasn't drinking enough water because, from what I remember from years ago with, that I read, uh, for every cup of coffee you need to drink two cups of water to keep your body hydrated, and so maybe if you drink a lot of coffee and then especially when you're on a keto diet, you probably need to drink a lot more.
1: Yes, exactly, and especially on a ketogenic diet as well because it can be a slight diuretic. You can start to lose a lot of water intake, and this is why. Also, having your uh, electrolytes balanced is so important. Having enough sodium into the diet to kind of help within within that water as well is gonna is gonna be good. So you want to rise that level because you can lose a lot of these electrolytes when you're when you're losing water as well. Definitely, I would say that that's most likely the cause to the headaches of being dehydrated through uh, through the coffee and the diet in combination with each other. So uh, I would wonder if, uh, if he does increase his water intake, which should probably be somewhere between 25 to 30 milliliters uh, per kilo that he weighs, maybe even slightly more. That would be uh, beneficial to try and at least experiment with.
0: Yeah, loss of water is actually one thing I noticed big time when I lowered my carb intake to go even just below 100 grams. I, and I know you mentioned that the first time that what happens uh, during the adaptation period when your body's adapting to using ketones for free will that you, at start, you kind of pee them out because yes. your body is not using them. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I literally lived in the bathroom. So, yeah, I experienced that firsthand. And it's so true. <laughs> yeah. So true, yeah. Definitely hydration is important. But um, the other question that I got from a listener was... Um, about ketogenic diet and children. Mm -hmm. So obviously the keto was the first thing that was found that it's really beneficial, as you mentioned, was the seizures um, in kids. And so the question is, if the keto is used to treat certain conditions in children, how young can the child be to be on a keto diet? Or is the protocol different for a child from a grown-up? Because the concern is that... You know, a glucose is needed for brain development. So, how does the keto and, and young case? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So no, that's that's actually a really interesting and a kind of a complex type question. I'm not exactly sure within this this glucose brain development side of things. But when a baby is born, the baby actually experiences in ketosis. Born in ketosis. So this is actually the primary state that we start life into and in a mother's breast milk it is full of ketones. So the body is absolutely used to uh, using ketones as the as start uh, from, from birth. Um, it's not until we start to eat a lot of uh, baby type foods that we bounce ourselves out of ketosis and we're not really in ketosis for most of our life unless you adapt a keto diet. Um, but... There are a couple concerns for developing children, and mostly the concerns are in the lack of protein, and the lack of protein in a developing child can mean that maybe they're not growing to their their terminal height, their, their maximum height, so that could be a concern within that. Um, there's also some concerns with potentially if you're going to administer uh, a ketogenic diet, depending on... Uh, the type of condition. So if it's for a children for epilepsy or for children for a uh, type one, uh, the, the glucose deficiency disorder, then you really want to have them monitored by a healthcare professional or a proper dietitian who's trained in the ketogenic diet for those therapies. For most kids, there's not going to be any problems. Uh, But there can be, of course, like you're experiencing, almost a lack of variety of food that they they might almost get bored and and kids are a little bit harder. Sometimes it will take a lot of meal prep for them to to, to kind of adapt that keto diet. But I I wouldn't really say that there's too many concerns uh, with a properly sort of formated uh, diet. There potentially can be like those keto flu type symptoms. Possibly um, things like like headaches or fatigue if they're they're getting adapted to it, but uh, you know like I said the body is used to using ketones and um, I would say that if there are negative effects through a child starting maybe to have a bit more of a keto diet, then to maybe start to increase the amount of carbohydrates that they have more so that they that subsides maybe any symptoms or any problems that they have but uh, slowly start to find out what the optimal range for them would be.
0: I think the important uh, thing that you mentioned there is to um, consult a healthcare professional and engage with a dietitian who is experienced in the ketogenic diet—that's that's incredibly important. I think the problem being is looking for a dietitian who's experienced in treating conditions with ketogenic diet. It's like looking for a needle in a haystack.
1: I think at this stage, where the ketogenic diet, um, potentially even exogenous ketones, which will be beneficial for for kids maybe who have those food. Uh, restrictions or or, um, might want not to to eat certain types of foods all the time um, would be is when this uh, this knowledge kind of gets out there um, and there's more people that are trained into doing it it will become easier because a lot of the science is still pretty new and still emerging in a lot of areas but i think we're absolutely moving in the right direction in terms of people really starting to look at the science And the thing is, I would even challenge any of your listeners to further look into this themselves. You know, you can take what what I say or this interview with almost a grain of salt and maybe go, no, I don't know if that really... How does that work with, say, neurological illnesses? Or how does that work with athletic performance? Or how does that work with cancer? Or any of these things, you know, read into it. I was a super skeptic when I first heard about this, and and I really... uh, didn't didn't believe it until I did look into it until I became keto adapted and tried. It's easy to dismiss something that you've never tried, and and I think that is almost like a human condition. But when you have when you can speak from knowledge and you can speak from experience and then share various different education with each other, then I think that's that's going to be a beneficial thing for society as a whole. I think generally the, the main thing with what's effective with the keto diet, not only the ketones, but starting to get rid of bad carbs. Not every macronutrient in the world is created equal. So for, there are uh, carbs that are gonna be more harmful than carbs that are gonna be good. Carbs that are in vegetables, for example, broccoli or whatever, they're they're gonna be fine. But carbs in sugar and carbs in refined rices and breads and, and cereals and things that we are told in the food pyramid to eat 10 to 14 servings or whatever it was originally and then low low fats um, that's where these metabolic conditions are are growing in uh, and that's where there's problems so when we start to learn that you know maybe in the past we were a bit wrong with the terms of our dietary guidelines that were given to us by the government who generally as a sort of an organization i should say it's meant to be firm in their their stance on anything. If a government is shaky in terms of what it's saying, then it really loses credibility. So when the government kind of came in and started to give us guidelines about what we should eat, they ignored science for 60 years. You know, a lot of the science has been there, but it's only because... and, And actually, a lot of the people that challenged the science and the guidelines over the past six years we where laugh that were pushed aside but it's reached this stage now that it's past the tipping point that the science between the ketogenic diet and eating this type of way of eating more fats and eating less carbs is absolutely undeniable and um, you're gonna have you're gonna see that these guidelines are changing and changing they've already started to add um, a lot more it was a five a day then it was six a day seven more vegetables to the diet but Science is meant to be questioned. Science is meant to be challenged. And, you know, I think that going forward, this is going to further improve because it's going to be challenged. But when science and governments mix, it's oil and water. And um, and that's why I think over the last 60 plus years, we've been stuck in this old way of thinking. And um, I think that we're about to enter a new age where a lot of this is going to be shared. Education, I think, is 100% the way that as a society in terms of our health is, is going to change. And, you know, I am super proud and happy to be a part of your podcast today because I would love to do my part in helping to spread that knowledge, spread that education, and to really help people. You know, we've talked uh, a lot about the Keto Bible book and uh, how good it is. Ryan Lowry behind that book, when I listened to him in Vegas, he really struck me a, a positive vibe. He had said something that really hit home to me and and he he used it as a metaphor, a, a line, a quote. So, so there's about 2000 people in this room and he told this story. And the story was that there was an old man sitting at a beach and in the distance, this old man could could see that there was a a little boy who was running back and forth, and he couldn't tell what he was what he was doing. But on this beach that stretched for miles and miles, there was thousands of washed up starfish. And as the boy got closer, he could see that the boy was throwing these starfish back in the water. And so the man said to the boy, "You know, son, what are you what are you doing there?" And the boy says, well, I'm throwing these starfish back in the water. The tide has gone out and the sun is is starting to to come out as well. And if I don't throw these starfish back in the water, they're all going to die. So the man looks at the beach and sees all these starfish and goes, how can you possibly think that you're going to make a difference? The boy picks up a starfish, looks at it, throws it back in the water and says, I just made a difference to that one. And I thought that was the most powerful story because even if one person listens to this podcast or this talk, and it changes the way they think about food, nutrition, health, diet, whatever, um, and they do their own research or try it, and they're able to improve their health or improve the health of a loved one of theirs, then it's all worth it for what we've done. And, and I think that's a massive take home message. And and why, again, like I said, why I'm so happy to be a part of your podcast.
0: Thank you very much. Um, Before we conclude this amazing interview, could you tell me what benefits did keto diet bring to you personally?
1: Personally, um, you know, especially when I, I I start my morning, I feel so much clearer in my thoughts consultations are a really important thing within the chiropractic profession. You really don't want to miss too much. And I find that I'm able to listen to patients much more effectively. And it makes me be a bit more in tune to their needs and what's going on with them in their world. And and one of the main focuses that I, I do is I do focus on the way that they Eat, think, and move because I found that as, as a chiropractor, um, helping people move was 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 great. Uh, but there's so much more to it, and um, I found that if I can inspire them, then that's that's more beneficial. And these the keto diet, I think, just keeps me at my best version of myself in terms of that, I don't feel I have afternoon crashes. I don't feel lethargic. I feel uh, so much energy I can train at the end of a long day. And I I work from 10 till seven at night and I still hit the gym. You know, there's, there's really, I don't, I don't make excuses or that. And I feel good. That's why, you know, I don't, I don't feel like all this days beat the crap out of me. So I'm going to just go and watch television um, and just be a couch potato. (laughs) Um, So I, I find that I have more energy through the day. Um, Health-wise, like I mentioned, I had, I've dropped body fat percentage. I'm sitting now at about 10% body fat, and uh, I feel healthy, I feel great, and um, that's really what I notice out of it, uh, mostly.
0: One of the first things that I noticed, sleeping. In the recent years, I've yes. become a really good sleeper, Yeah, but I would... Very often, I would wake up in the middle of the night at all sorts of hours to go to the loo. And now, looking back, I believe it was the carbs. I was just eating more, a lot more carbs than my body could handle. Now that I lowered my carbs and upped my um, healthy fat intake, I sleep throughout the whole night. Well,
1: that's absolutely one of the first things that I noticed as well, and I'm glad you kind of bring that up yourself because I have felt I. Get like I get into deeper sleep. Um, I I can I wouldn't recommend sleeping off a of five hour sleep, but I can sometimes you know you know uh, get get only five hours sleep and still wake up not feeling tired, feeling refreshed, ready to go throughout the day. And I, and I believe it's because I'm I'm spending most of the time in in that that quality sleep versus the low level sleep that that most people experience when when they they are. Primarily using glucose as energy,
0: and I think that's a really worthy benefit. <laughs> even if that's the only reason why we're gonna try a ketogenic diet, or even just lower carb diet and upping your your fat intake, I mm-hmm. think that's a really worthy cost to do it for because sleep is so important. And I think that's one of the things we we don't appreciate it enough, and we mm-hmm. don't realize how important it is. Because any sleep that's when our organs reset when our body starts to repair and when we get our energy for the following day. And I don't think we appreciate that enough.
1: See, yeah, that's exactly it. And I think in combination of autophagy itself, through what we talked about as well, really helps that repair process while you're sleeping. So um, I think the combination of both of those is really, really effective.
0: Fantastic. Well, I won't keep you any longer because we've already been talking for over two hours. Thank you very much, Nick, for coming on the podcast. You're very um, we have two really good quality episodes, and I feel like we could do another one. But I really hope that you start your own podcast because I would definitely tune in because you have a lot to say, and I think the message you have there for everybody out there is really important, so I I hope you'll have a Nick Mancuso podcast out there very soon.
1: I'm not sure what I'm going to name it, but yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I'll let you know and uh, yeah, we'll we'll tell the the world when it's out there. Great.
0: Thanks very much, Nick. No problem.
1: Cheers. You too.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, Listening back to it, I feel like it's still kind of unfinished business and we need to do another one. So I'm going to ask Nick and fingers crossed. If you listen to the first part, um, Nick mentions episode 49 of Leanne Vogel's The Keto Diet Podcast for a plant-based keto and you can find it on Leanne's website, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube and some other platforms. I did listen to it and while I was expecting a little more detailed information, I have to say it is really helpful and interesting and I can highly recommend it to any plant-based eaters who are interested in ketogenic diet. Leanne's website is www.healthfulpursuit.com and you can find some plant-based keto recipes there as well i will link this all up of course to our podcast information on social media i also mentioned in part one that i forgot to ask nick about his favorite veg so i asked him later and nick has kindly emailed me a recipe that he'd like to share his favorite veg is actually not a vegetable but it's a super healthy fruit And I totally get it. It's avocado, folks. Yep, no surprise there at all. It is the very fruit I was overindulging on for the past couple of years, pretty much daily. And now I have to stay away from it, as well as other high-fat-map foods for a while, just to get um, my gut back to normal. So let that be your lesson. Avocado and other high-fat-map foods are great. But, you know, going back to our podcast with Trina Nutritious, variety is the key. You know, even the healthy stuff, if you eat too much of it, it's not very good. So variety, variety, variety. Saying that, avocado is great, and whether you are on a keto diet or not, it's a fantastic fruit to include in your meal plans for its many benefits. Healthy fats, vitamins, minerals, and also with the darkest parts closer to the skin are packed with carotenoids. So next recipe. It's something he discovered recently. It's plant-based and I'm definitely going to make it as soon as I can eat this awesome food again. So what you need is spiralized courgettes, two ripe avocados, halved, pitted and peeled, half a cup of fresh basil leaves, two cloves of garlic, two tablespoons freshly squeezed lemon juice, salt and black pepper to taste, third cup of olive oil one cup cherry tomatoes and a half a cup corn kernels. You steam your courgette and then you make your avocado sauce by putting the avocados, basil leaves, garlic and lemon juice in a blender. seasoned with salt and pepper and blend until smooth. Now while you're blending it, slowly add the olive oil in a slow stream until it's emulsified. Then combine the courgette and the sauce in a bowl, add your chopped cherry tomatoes and corn and serve. Easy peasy and sounds super fresh and delicious. Remember, you can download this recipe from our Facebook page and Instagram as a JPEG or join our Facebook group, The Sweet Spot on a Farm, where you can find it in a PDF form in the file section. And that's it for this episode. Have a great couple of weeks. Go have an avocado and stay healthy. Until next time. Bye. As always, your host was myself, Susanna, the author of The Sweet Spot. Music has been provided by Mark J. Adair of Singalist Studios and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan of Gemma O'Hagan Design. Thank you for listening.